We are living in a confusing time when we are being bombarded with assertions that long-held beliefs about almost everything are wrong and must be changed. And we are finding out that if we are unwilling to give in to the new so-called progressive viewpoints, we will be dismissed and marginalized as intolerant bigots. The Bible says that the end times will be characterized by widespread deception, and we have arrived. The consequence is that there is an overwhelming need for discernment. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. His name is Terry James. Terry has been our guest before, and we have always been blessed by his appearance on this program. Despite his blindness, Terry is a prolific author of, of books about Bible prophecy, and how he does it is beyond me. I think it's due to a very special anointing that he has received from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Terry, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Well, thank you, Dave, for those kind words, and uh, I'm always a pleasure to be with you and Nathan and uh, Christ in Prophecy. Well, it's so great to have you on, Terry. Great thank to have you. you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I'm glad we could talk about your new book, Discerners. Now, you created a book called Deceivers, and now we've got the sequel here, Discerners. Could you tell us the difference between the two books? Deceivers, of course, are among us, as uh, Dave has alluded to uh, many times, and we have talked about last year in our book when we did a program. Deceivers are everywhere we look, and all we have to do is look at the political process today to know that. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, I believe that the Lord gave me that book. Um, I try to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he gave me that book, um, the previous book, Discerners. I think this was a natural follow-up. In order to deal with all this deception going on, the Christians need to be discerners. And we've been equipped for that, God says, with the Holy Spirit. And if we apply ourselves and uh, study and uh, prayer, we can be discerners. Jesus got on to the, uh, of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees for not being discerning uh, for the time when He appeared as Messiah. Mm -hmm. Jesus is about to come again, so we need to be discerning about the times uh, surrounding uh, His coming again. Terry, in page 21 of your new book, uh, in the introduction that you wrote, you made this comment, This generation is indeed raging toward a precipice beyond which lurks the black abyss of apocalypse. That's a mouthful. <laughs> what do you mean by well, that? Well, that is rather a mouthful, isn't it? But I so tell you, though. yeah, but all you have to do is look around and see what's going on today. And just in America itself, now I know we have a worldwide problem too, but there's a seeming to be an anti-God uh, mindset. Uh, everybody is uh, turning on God, it looks like, uh, in Christianity in particular. And I think we're living in Romans chapter 1, and uh, I think God is in the process of, of maybe abandonment as a judgment. And uh, so, I think that's, that's where we're at right now. You also say on page 29, thinking in our generation has become so reprobate that evil is now called good, and good is now called evil. Could you give us some examples of that? 
Yeah, I can whenever, um, you know, well, just in the fact that, that they're trying to change everything, all the ordinances God put in place, trying to change the, even the order of men. Uh, you know, we can be any, any gender we want to now. We don't have to go by our birth certificate. God is wrong in that. Uh, and what God has said good, uh, uh, man calls bad. He downs Christian. We down Christians today in this society and culture. Uh, for just simply putting out the gospel, the good news, the good news that's contained within God's Word, and they call it hate speech. So these, this is just a couple of examples, I think. Well, you could add many more, like yeah. same-sex marriage, exactly. abortion, yeah. things that were unthinkable in this society just 20, 25 years ago are now called good, and before for years called evil. That's right. And Not only are they, is it supported, but it has to be celebrated. And if you're not celebrating evil, then you're not supporting it and you're a hater. We well, really that is a very good point because when I was growing up, tolerance meant that you just simply tolerated somebody who disagreed with you, and uh, but not, not long, any longer. Tolerance yes. has been redefined. Yes. If you just accept them, that's not enough. Tolerance means you must endorse them. And right. if you don't endorse their evil, then you are, you know, uh, homophobe or you or whatever. They have all kinds of names they yeah, throw. Yeah, to shame you into changing your yeah. mind. Yeah. I mean, how many actors? Uh, Mario Lopez came out recently and, and supported uh, conservative values and immediately the progressive movement descended upon him, so much so that he was worried about losing his career and had to retract his statement. He felt he was shamed for supporting something that was pro-family. Well, what about all this fake news that's going on? President Trump has kind of coined the term fake news. We have fake news all over the place. Now, how can a Christian be discerning when there's so much deception out there? And they don't want any sermon on the college campuses. I mean, they call it, they call it hate speech. They're trying to do it with the First Amendment on college campuses. And college campuses should yeah. be the one place of all places exactly. where all viewpoints are open, but not today. That's the, right. The indoctrination today it's no longer indoctrination. Yeah, it's no longer education, it's indoctrination. It's a place for debate. And of course, that's, that's because this culture and world has come to the reprobate mind of, um, of Romans 128. Yeah. Uh, we have a reprobate mindset. Well, I think, you know, your, your reference to Romans 1 is really good because I believe that's where we are. Romans 1 says that when a nation sets its jaw against God, revolts against God, that God steps and, and refuses to repent. God will send remedial judgments. He'll send prophetic voices. But if they refuse to repent, says He steps back and lowers the hedge of protection. Mm -hmm. And what's the first thing that happens? A sexual revolution. Exactly. Then it says, if there's no repentance, He steps back a second time and lowers the hedge of protection. And what happens? an outbreak of a plague of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Then it says if there's no repentance he steps back the third and final time and delivers the society over to a reprobate mind. Abandonment, yes. Yeah. Judgment of abandonment. He just steps yeah. back and says, okay, you want to live in a filthy nest? You can live in the filthy nest. And he lets evil take its course. And there's one thing standing between that and taking over totally right now, and that's the Holy Spirit's um, uh, holding back evil. And the church is, of course, the resident here. Would you say the church and the Holy Spirit then is what's restraining the evil of this? Restraining thing? the evil, yes. That's, I think that's where we are right now. That's the reason they haven't completely taken over. Well, let's go back to a point that you just made and elaborate on a little bit, and that is when it comes to moral issues like abortion, same sex marriage, uh, uh, those, those kind of issues, how is a Christian to discern what is the correct viewpoint? Mm -hmm. How do they discern that? 
Well, of course, it's, it's to stay in the Word of God and to, uh, to pray and to uh, try to understand what God is saying to us as a, as, a, as a Christian, as a person who should be following His right. will. And that's the problem we have today. Right. The average Christian does not know the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing how fast evangelical Christians have accepted same-sex marriage mm -hmm. when it's a direct violation of God's Word, but they don't know the Word anymore? We have a famine of the Word in this nation. People go to church and they hear little fuddy-duddy sermons about how to make yourself feel better, how to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, how to think positively, and they don't hear the Word of God. That's true. So, Do you think that's what's fueling the culture war today? I mean, it seems like our country is starting to split into two. We have kind of a conservative and a Christian on one side, and we have the new progressive movement that's taken over the Democratic Party on the other. Where do you see that going, and, and how can Christians be discerning during that? Well, again, we get back to prayer and Bible reading, understanding what God's Word has to say, and then you have to have a desire to, uh, to get away from that culture in the sense that uh, you're not participating in it uh, and, and the sins of it. And uh, too many Christians uh, find it easy to, uh, to just simply, you know, we call it tolerance, I guess, in some ways, but they, they try to tolerate the lifestyle by just not opposing it. We don't have enough opposition in the pulpits, for one thing, to this, what's going on. Yeah, uh, Don Wildman has often stated, you know, he's head of the American Family Association, he's often stated that the fundamental problem with this nation, we've got 300,000 silent pulpits. Exactly. That the people yeah. will not speak out, they will not speak out uh, the, the ministers against uh, evil because they're afraid they'll step on somebody's toes mm -hmm. who's influential in, in the congregation or whatever. Exactly. And uh, I was talking to Don Wildman one time. I mean, there's a man that, that, that stepped out when God called him and he spoke out against evil in movies and television whatsoever. And he said, David, my greatest critics are pastors. I said, what? He said, yes. He said, I get nasty letters from pastors all the time saying, you're knocking your head against the wall. Why don't, why don't you just throw in the towel? You started in the 1970s. It's a hundred times worse today. You are not winning. Right. And you know what he said to me? He said, I write him back and I said, God didn't call me to win. God called me to stand. Right. We're not going to win until Jesus Christ Amen. returns. Amen. But we've got to stand. I mean, if we don't speak out, we're called to be salt and light. If we don't speak out, nobody's going to speak out. That's right. Ephesians 6.12 and then surrounding Scriptures. And we wrestle against uh, powers and principalities in high places trying to destroy the whole culture to wreck humanity. Yes. And of course the reason we have a culture war today, the fundamental reason a culture war is going on is because this nation is rejecting Christianity. I was looking at the, at the statistics yesterday and they were just enough to make you want to cry. The latest Pew Poll Research, Pew, the Pew Organization Research Center that focuses on religion, their latest, their latest uh, poll shows that only about 64% um, of Americans claim to be Christians. Ten years ago it was 77%. In the 1950s when I was growing up it was over 85%. So we've gone from 85 to 77 to 64%. And the greatest increase has been among atheists, agnostics, and nuns. 26% of Americans on the last poll said they were either atheists, agnostics, or nuns. Nuns meaning they have no religion whatsoever. Not Catholic nuns. And 64% and who say they're Christians, how many of those are not Christians at all? Yeah. They just claim to be Christians, but they've never been born again. And if you ask them, why are you a Christian? Well, I was born in a Christian family. I go to church or whatever. Well, what are you going to say when you stand before the Lord? Well, I'm going to say I live a pretty good life. 
Barna, didn't they say that 9% of, of professing Christians are actually evangelical well, with their Christian worldview? 9% of the entire population has okay. a, a biblical worldview, and only 17% of those who claim to be Christians have a biblical worldview. There are evangelicals who say that Jesus sinned, that Satan does not exist, and they claim to be evangelicals. So we, we've lost the Word of God in this nation. And we sometimes ask the question, you know, how many people are actually going to be raptured? I've heard that question asked a lot of time. Well, we see as maybe a diminishing uh, number here. Well, we go with further rapture curves, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of churches meeting the next Sunday with the pre uh, pastor in the pulpit yeah, giving some sort of New Age explanation of UFOs or whatever as an explanation of the rapture itself. I believe that, yes. We want to invite you to attend our 2020 annual Bible conference that is scheduled for the weekend of June 26 and 27. The theme this year is 2020 Biblical Vision for the Future. Our keynote speaker will be Dr. Mark Hitchcock, who is considered to be one of the foremost Bible prophecy authors and speakers in Christendom today. He will speak on what the Bible says about our nation in the end times. Alan Franklin, a newspaper editor from London, England, will speak about the European Union. And then Gary Frazier, an expert in the Middle East who has been to Israel more than 100 times, will speak about what Bible prophecy has to say about Israel in the end times. Another of our speakers will be the renowned Christian spokesman, Dr. Gene Getz, who is the author of the highly acclaimed Life Essentials Interactive Study Bible. He will be speaking on what the Bible says about the church in the end times. And of course, Dr. Reagan and Nathan Jones will be two other fantastic speakers. The conference will begin with a concert by a country gospel group called the Hall Sisters. For further information about registration, check out the conference on our website at lambline.com. I'll hope to see you there. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Terry James, who is the editor of a new book called Discerners. Well, Terry, you have 16 chapters written by 16 authors. I'm curious about your process. How did you choose the topics and the clever titles, by the way, and the authors to write them? Well, again, I try to, I try to go depend on the Holy Spirit, you know, and go to Him in prayer before I even think about a project. And He has always been faithful to bring me authors who, um, who I believe He's prepared their hearts uh, for the books. And um, Discerners was, I mean, uh, Deceivers was the first one, and um, this is a natural follow-up. This, uh, uh, this is a Discerners book. And uh, so I first of all pray about it, and I've never had one yet to uh, refuse, well, not very many, I had a few, not many, though, refuse to... Uh, that was a great honor to be... To, well, great, well, I don't know about that, but it's always, um, it always, you know, gives you, gives you a kind of a hesitation to call them because you don't know how it's going to go. But that's the way I do it. I usually just, um, I, I pray about it and then uh, get on with the phone usually with them like I did with you guys or, or with, through email. And uh, that's the way it develops, and it's always worked out. I've done, I don't know how many books now, probably, I've probably done 20 books of this sort, which, wow. uh, which we call a, um, uh, just like a... Collaborative? A collaborative effort, yeah. Okay. It's um, just a number of, um, of authors in these books, and it's a joint effort. And that's what I like about the books, too, because you get so many different styles of writing in them. So it's really creative to have all the different types of views and... Well, it is, and you learn talents. so much too. You know, as a, as a general editor, as I turn myself on these books, 
uh, you learn so much, and um, so it's quite a it's quite an experience. And I've I've enjoyed every one of them, and God's been very good to us. To well, one of them I enjoyed us. the most was Don McGee, who lives oh, yeah. down near Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we call him the Raging Cajun, and uh, he's a great guy. But he has a really excellent uh, chapter in here entitled "Escalating Evil Seducers." And in that chapter, his thesis is that humanism is being fueled by the exponential increase in knowledge that's going on through the internet. And he said that has given people the illusion that because they have so much knowledge available that they don't need God anymore. Man can do it on his own. What? what any comments about yeah, that well, chapter? I, th I think that that's exactly what's happening. A man is getting farther and farther away from God because he thinks he's the answer to his own problems. And uh, they need no deity to rule over them. That's kind of uh, what Psalm chapter 2 uh, let us break their bands asunder. And that's kind of where we are as a, as a generation. And uh, Don's chapter was a great one. And uh, Nathan a while ago was asking me about how I plan these chapters. Well, I think that uh, the Lord gave me uh, the foresight, I guess you say, to ask, um, ask Don to write on this particular topic. Uh, and uh, so, just like the other titles you asked me how I put them together, well, that's the same way I do it. Whether it's Don's chapter, or Descending a Dark Delusion with Jeff Kenley, or Dave's uh, on God's Cosmic Teddy Bear chapter, <laughs> or, or whatever, that's the way I do it. And Don, uh, I think, uh, really hit the nail on the head because we, we see what has happened uh, with um, ever since uh, evolution has become more or less the model. And, um, and Man has taken over. God has been ferreted out of society and culture, and so I think that uh, that uh, Don's chapter is one of the finest. We well, talked about an exponential increase in evil, and that kind of uh, goes along with Larry Spergamino's "Perilous Times: Prophecy Beyond Amazing." And he's talking about all these signs coming into this word convergence. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about convergence. Well, we talk about we talk about convergence a lot. I know mm -hmm. Dave has talked about it, and, and I've talked about it, and written about it in books and so forth. And of course, convergence is all these signs coming together at once. Uh, Larry's chapter, the very first chapter, I think speaks to uh, what Paul's perilous times was all about, and that gives us characteristics of end time man. And also, he throws in at the same time uh, current issues and events that uh, more or less uh, that shows where we are in God's prophetic timeline. It's a very timely chapter and one that, uh, that uh, again, I think the Lord gave us uh, to put in this book. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Terry, every time you come out with a new book, one of the things I'm most interested in, the first thing I do is I look to see what the chapter titles <laughs> yes. are. You used to be in marketing, right? And Advertising, yeah. When you, before you had your blindness, you were in, in marketing. Okay. Uh, well, you, I can feel that when I look at your titles because you come up with such fascinating, interesting, titillating mm -hmm. titles. Mm -hmm. And Nathan, I, I'm sure you came up with this title. It says, Daniel's Last Days To and Fro Frenzy. Is the title you gave to Nathan's. Uh -huh. I was a little worried when he gave it to me too. I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, like, Terry, what? Well, tell us about yeah. it, Nathan. Well, you wanted me to, we were talking about different signs, all these categories of signs eventually going into convergence. They're all happening at once. And so, one of the categories of signs is end time sign of technology. I, I don't know, everyone always wants me to talk about technology. I wonder why. And uh, what it is, is the different categories of signs that relate to technology foretold in the Bible. Like take for instance the mark of the beast. How does the mark of the beast work? 
And so we have different technology today, e-commerce and satellite and computers, where someone can just turn off someone's credit or turn off their bank account and then they'd starve. And that's what the Antichrist does. Or the fact that the whole world sees the two witnesses when they're killed and then resurrected. Well, how can the whole world see it unless we have television and mobile phones and satellite technology? And I go through nine different signs and then conclude with and some of the technologies that uh, are funny that that are past now because you know technology is on an exponential curve it's getting better and better and so thanks for letting me write about that I had a lot of fun it's writing a about terrific that chapter just fantastic oh, well, I've had praise a lot of feedback on that chapter good good feedback well you wrote a chapter you ended the book with a chapter about the wrath of God why did you feel the need no to that was it? mine and that was his title. That was your chapter. That was, yeah. Oh, that okay. was you tried to get my chapter to him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was his own title. Sorry about yes. that, Dave. Yes, that's, that's right. like that was your chapter. That's that like when I steal your lines on TV. You know. Well, cosmic teddy bears don't make me think of wrath of God. Can you explain yeah. then what's a cosmic well, yeah, teddy bear you know, have that, to do with uh, that? The title that he gave that chapter is God's wrath? Question mark The effort to convert God into a cosmic teddy bear. Yes. <laughs> only only Terry could come up with yes. a title. Yes. Well, uh, uh, basically, he, he wraps it up in the title. I pointed out that, that uh, we hear so much uh, uh, preaching today about the love of God, and that's important. I mean, God is a God of love. But we just never hear anything about the wrath of God. No. And whenever I mention the wrath of God, people go berserk. I mean, they really go berserk. Mm -hmm. I, I, I preached at a large church in Arlington, Texas, and talked about how Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, was a remedial judgment of God on this nation for the way we were treating Israel. We would, it came at the time we were forcing them out of Gaza when they were getting ready to have the annual homosexual festival in, in New Orleans. And this was God's wrath. And the pastor there got so upset, he said, I'll never have you at this church again. Uh, the God that I worship is not a God of wrath. He's a God of love. Uh, the God of wrath is the Old Testament God. The God of love is the New Testament God. Wow. The God of grace and love. And and I find this, I've run into this over and over and over. And, and you know, this is a denial of one of the fundamental things that the Bible teaches, that God is immutable. He never changes. The God of the Old Testament is a God of grace, and He's also a God of wrath. And the God of the New Testament is God of grace, but He's also a God of wrath. And in fact, one time I, I, I was on a radio interview for, in, uh, from Oklahoma, and the guy asked me, well, tell me about your ministry. And I said, well, our ministry is, is here to proclaim that we're living in the season of the Lord's return. We don't know the date, but we're living in the season. It's like a two-edged sword. The message for the unbeliever, uh, for the believer, is commit your life to holiness and commit your life to evangelism, uh, because Jesus is coming soon. And the, the message for the unbeliever is flee from the wrath that is to come by fleeing in the loving arms of Jesus right now. And he said, what do you mean the wrath to come? I said, well, Jesus is going to return in wrath. He's going to pour out the wrath of God upon those who have rejected the grace, mercy, and love of God. He said, your God is a monster and hung up. And that was it. And, and you know, I, I would have read to him from the book of Revelation where Jesus tells one of those seven churches, you know, you either get your act together or I'm going to do this and this and this and this to you. He, he, in fact, he said, my, my God is Jesus and he would never hurt a fly. Well, <laughs> is that where Terry, you get this cosmic teddy bear? It's yeah. a God who would yeah, never hurt a fly. Most people think God's got a cosmic teddy bear. Okay. Yeah, he's just he's going to wink at sin, and he's going to say, "Well, you know, you didn't ever accept my son as your Lord and Savior, but you lived a whole life a whole lot better than your next door neighbor, so you come on into my kingdom." I had an encounter like that recently. Yeah. I was getting a haircut by a woman, and she revealed she's a lesbian, and we started talking about the Bible and all. And I said, "Well." Where do you see yourself when you die? And she says, well, I'll go to heaven. I said, well, do you, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? He says, well, I don't need to do that. When I get there, God will look at all the good stuff I've done, and He'll let me in. It's not a problem. I said, would you bet your eternity on that? And she was silent.
Yeah. Terry, I thought two of the best chapters in the book were the ones that were written by Damon Duck and Tom Hughes. Yes. They went together. Uh, I mean, one is talking about the uh, final world empire, and the other one's talking about a final world religion. Right. Uh, tell, tell us about those two chapters. Yeah, chapters five and six. Um, uh, Damon Duck wrote a chapter, he's a great one to talk about. Um, and to, he's studied a lot and done a lot of things on um, the coming New World Order, the, um, uh, how the UN fits into all of it and all of this kind of thing. The, the, the building up of the Antichrist uh, platform for the Antichrist come on the scene. And, and Damon did a great job in that chapter. And uh, he talks about in Daniel chapter, uh, chapters um, 7, 11, uh, chapter 9, and, and chapter 2 and so forth about uh, about the Nebuchadnezzar's dream all the way up through current, I think, the current state of things and where the European Union may very well be kind of a platform for the Antichrist to launch itself. He goes into great detail and again bringing in issues and events and news reports to make the book in the, quite understandable of what's happening and what's going to happen in the near future according to what God's Word says. Not according to what Damon Duck says, but according to what God's Word says. And uh, again, uh, from the religious standpoint and the, the, uh, the uh, building of the Antichrist platform for, to launch his regime, uh, Tom Hughes wrote on uh, religion and how it's uh, being uh, used to, uh, to uh, put everything um, in, a, in a system that, um, that is anything but biblical and it's anti-Christianity in almost every sense. Even uh, even the uh, Catholic Pope and so forth, um, <laughs> has, uh, and all the things he's proclaimed. Just lately, he's proclaimed that Jesus did not uh, rise bodily; he, re he rose in spirit and appeared as a body to those who saw him for a time, and then he just. people used to ask, "Is the ca Pope Catholic?" That doesn't mean anything anymore uh, now, yeah, does it? Yeah, and, and they even consider yeah. him to be heretical. Well, Tom covers these things, okay. and and all of the um, and all of the. Uh, Machinations that uh, that go on uh, with trying to form this one-world religion, and certainly we see a lot of those things happening today. Well, these two authors are are really exemplary of the fine authors that you have in this book, because you know Tom Hughes is one that we've had on this program a couple of times. Mm -hmm. He's an mm -hmm. outstanding teacher on Bible prophecy, and Damon Duck, wow. Yeah. Uh, when I don't understand something in Bible prophecy, I call Damon, and Damon <laughs> starts. Uh, he says, "Well, I'll send you a little note on it." He sends me five pages, you know, of, of scriptures yeah, and all. And we've got Damon coming up to be interviewed on this program very soon. So uh, we, you, you really have some outstanding authors in here, and we compliment you on the fact that you were able to well, get all this you, together. Well, thank you, and appreciate each and every one of you. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Terry James, who's the editor of a new book called Discerners. Hey, Terry, if someone wants to purchase this book, where do they go? Go to our website, raptureready.com, and uh, go to the link, and it'll take you and give you the details of the book and a place to order. Well, thank you, Terry, for being on the program today. It's always a blessing to have you. Thank you, sir. Folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I'm sure it has. And until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. Reagan's book, Living for Christ in the End Times, subtitled Coping with Anarchy and Apostasy, was originally published in the year 2000. The second edition is available and it brings the book up to date regarding the rapid decay of our society and the increasing apostasy in the church. 
He presents many ways to respond to and cope with both the collapse of society and spiritual deception. Some of the chapters are the collapse of society, the apostasy in the church, standing on the word of God, believing in the power of God, relying on the Holy Spirit, practicing tough faith, ordering your priorities, keeping an eternal perspective, and much more. This very relevant book can be yours for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 